Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We've been in a series called The Long Game, and it's basically a journey of faith. And how do we walk out this journey that God has called us to when Jesus said, come follow me? How do we actually make that journey of faith? And last week was our first message, and if you missed last week, I really encourage you to go to the podcast or the vodcast and listen or watch it, because it will kind of set up this series for you. I spoke uh, specifically on faith and just kind of laid the foundation last week. But this week, we're going into our second week, and let me uh, just give you the best definition that I found uh, on faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, it's the conviction of things not seen. Uh, The Greek word that uh, uh, that is located in that regarding faith denotes a belief, a trust, or a conviction. It just goes, it goes just past a just a good idea. It's, faith is not just, you know, like, an okay, an idea, it's a good idea. It's actually a conviction. It's a belief inside of us that actually motivates us towards action. Faith is essential to following Jesus. Faith is essential if you want to live a life that is pleasing to God, you got to have faith. The scripture says, without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. Today, I want to talk about a person who understood the long game. This is a person that he was a man that was seen by God as probably the last righteous man that was walking on the face of this earth. He was a man of great faith. If you grew up in church, you probably it's probably one of the very first Bible stories that you ever heard as a little child about faith. In fact, many children's ministries, many nurseries are decorated about this man's theme, about his boat, about his yacht, about the many animals that he took with him. Maybe you guys are starting to figure out who it is. There's been many movies that have been made about uh, this man. Hollywood movies has been produced as an animation, a drama, a comedy, a fantasy, a romance. I can't believe it's all been, but they, they have. I looked it up. It's kind of crazy. I'm like, what? All these movies? There have been replicas built about this man's yacht in Hong Kong and Netherlands and Canada, and probably the most spectacular one recently was in Kentucky. It's a story of great intrigue, and it's all started because this man had great faith, and he believed in God. Of course, the man I'm talking about is Noah. Noah, a man of great faith. How do we know that he had great faith, Pastor Tom? Well, I'm so glad that you asked me today. Uh, Because in Hebrews chapter 11, which is called the Hall of Faith, you will discover that Noah is the third person listed in the Hall of Faith. The first person is Abel, Cain's brother, Adam and Eve's son. He's the very first person that had great faith because of the sacrifice, the offering that he offered to God. The second person is actually the great-grandfather of Noah, and it's Enoch. And Enoch had great faith according to the Bible. In fact, guess what? Enoch never died. It actually says in Scripture that he actually walked with God and that he was just taken up to heaven. But then all of a sudden there's a third person that is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. And this man is Noah. And I want to read what's written about Noah uh, in verse 7 of Hebrews 11. It says, It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that had never happened before. 
By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Let's begin with prayer uh, over this message uh, today as we begin. Lord, I thank you for your word. And God, once again, we believe that your word will change our lives. As Lord God, we continue to invite your Holy Spirit just to enlighten and give revelation of your word. I know this, Lord God, this story is one that's been told for many of us who have grown up in the church. Maybe for some it's the first time, but for many of us it's a story that we've known for a long time. And God, I pray today that it would have new light, Lord God, new revelation. Even to us who have been Christians, who have been following you for many, many years, Lord God, that you would bring it to light in our lives, Lord God, so that it will impact us and change us. I ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Today I want to share some truths from the life of Noah that I believe that can help us on our journey of faith in following Jesus Christ. The account of Noah's life is found in Genesis chapter 6 through Genesis chapter 9. So if you want to take some time to read about Noah's life, you can, instead of just watching the movies, you can actually read it in the Bible. And uh, so Genesis chapter 6 verse, uh, and through chapter 9. Uh, the world in Noah's time had completely fallen to wickedness. In fact, in Genesis 6, it became so evil that, that God said that I, 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 I am sorry. I, 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 I regret ever creating man. That's how bad it got. Evil was rampant. It was totally out of control. It came to the point that God decided to destroy the, the, the mankind that he had created. And it's hard for us to fathom why would God destroy all people. But God in his mercy wanted to stop the evil that was destroying all the lives that were being born for the generations to come. But, I love but, but there was one man that was found righteous amongst all of this wickedness. In Genesis 6-8, it states that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And the first thought that I want to share with you about this faith that Noah had is this. By faith, Noah believed. The first faith that we see is Noah believed God's word. Most of us make decisions according to the facts that we are given. I'll say it again. Most of us, especially me, we make decisions according to facts that we are given. So all of a sudden we get these facts and we analyze the facts and then we make our decisions upon those facts. It's difficult for most of us to make a decision without seeing some type of proof, some type of proof of facts. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 17, God says to Noah, look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on the earth will die. This flood was going to destroy everything, every living creature. And it's doubtful that Noah had ever seen a flood before. And it's actually doubtful that maybe Noah had ever seen rain before because in Genesis 2, you can read that the Lord had never sent rain up to that point. In fact, what it says is that there was, a, there was water, underground streams that would come up under the earth and there would be a mist that would be, that, that water would give out a mist and that's how the earth was watered. So we don't even know that Noah had even seen rain before. Either way, Noah had to believe in something that he had never seen before. Why do you know that, Pastor Tom? Because of the scripture that I read in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, or verse 7. It states, he obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. This is when faith hits the road. 
in your life, in my life, when all of a sudden the facts don't add up, and all of a sudden God gives us a word, and are we going to be able to obey that word without all the facts, but just put our trust in the Lord? Noah had to obey a word from the Lord that, guess what, the facts didn't add up for Noah at that point. But all of a sudden, God is telling Noah, hey, this is what's going to happen. Are you going to obey me? At this point, some of us, we heard, I'm going to send a water and a flood. It's going to destroy all mankind. You're the only one that's going to be saved. Man, you know, you're going to think, man, too much pizza, too much chips at midnight. It always does that to me. All of a sudden, I have these weird things, you know, thinking through that. But you see, Noah knew that it was God speaking. And he chooses to believe the word of the Lord. Maybe you've had those moments in your life that God has spoken and you've wondered, you've wrestled with it. Is this the Lord? Is this really true? Or is this me? Is this just me wanting to reason something away? And what is that? I shared this story before and I share it again today It's because I just feel like it's an illustration that helps us walk in faith. Uh, years ago, when Annette and I were still living in Arlington, Washington, uh, we were, my my business, or not my business, but the business I was working for, moved away about an hour and 15 minutes away, and, and, the, and we were selling our house, and we put our house up on the market. How many have ever sold a house before, yeah? So we put our house up on the market, we were selling our house, and we had it up for the, on the market for nine months, and that house would not sell. But we were trying, I was making a two-hour commute each way, every day. And so I was getting tired, and and so we put this house up for sale. It was a great house. It was a new house. There's no reason we get lots of showings. It just wasn't selling. But in my heart, I knew that God was telling me to move to Las Vegas to help plant a church. And I was wrestling with that decision because I didn't want to move to Las Vegas. And I remember the day specifically like it was yesterday. I was sitting in my office, and I finally got, have anybody been fed up? Anyone get so tired that you just get like, and I put a fleece out to God. What is a fleece, Pastor Tom? It's basically saying, God, if you do this, I'll do that. Okay. So I put a fleece out to God. I said, God, man, my house is not selling. You know, and I, I knew in my heart I was supposed to go to Vegas. I didn't want to. I said, God, if you sell my house in the next two weeks, then I will know it's you and I will move to Las Vegas. Now, prior to this, God had already done two or three different things that he made me test my faith. And he was already preparing me for this decision. I was just dragging my feet. He would already prepared me for this big decision and was testing my faith so I could hear God. But as soon as I said those words, Lord, if you sell my house, then I will choose to move to Las Vegas. As soon as I heard those words, I felt the Holy Spirit say, no, no, no. You go quit your job. And then I will sell my house. You see, so many times we get things out of order. God, if you do this... Then I will do that. And what's happening when you're choosing to follow Jesus, it doesn't work that way. Guess what? God says, if you do this, you step out in faith, then I'll do that. We get it. We want God to perform for us. Who are we? Who are we to ask God to perform for us? I was trying to live my life by facts. And God was wanting me to live my life by faith. We all have to live a life of faith. The Lord had been speaking to me. He was already setting me up. I just was dragging my feet. 
I had a choice at that point in my life either to listen to God's voice or ignore his voice and choose my desire. For me, it was a tremendous lesson of faith to believe in God's word. I chose to quit my job, and within, uh, within a week, four days, my house sold for full price. Disclaimer, never quit your job unless you know God is speaking to you. I knew the Lord was speaking to me at that point. My wife knew it. We were both wrestling with this thing together. We were together in this thing, and, and she knew it before I did. I was just dragging my feet. But in your life, God will give you opportunities to believe his word by faith. And it's what you do in those situations that will make the difference for your future, the long game. It will make all the difference. Which brings me to my second thought I want to share with you today. Is by faith, not only did Noah believe, but Noah obeyed. Noah not only believed, but he obeyed the word of the Lord. Think of the faith that it would be required where all of a sudden the Lord told Noah to build a boat. We're not talking about cutting down one tree, carving out the middle of it, building a nice canoe. We're talking about a 500-foot-long boat, 50-foot high. How do you even plane enough lumber to be able to build a boat like this? It's huge. In fact, you know what? Some expect that it could have taken up to 120 years for Noah to build that boat. We know it took him decades to do it. There was no modern technology yet. There was no architects. There was no engineers to go to. There was no CAD drawings. Think about it. The miracle that would have had to take place for Noah to be able to build this boat. But God gave Noah specific instructions and Noah had to choose to obey or not, and Noah obeyed God. I believe, and I want you to catch this thought, I believe a huge reason for Noah's obedience came from his close relationship with God. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, it states that Noah walked in close re- fellowship with God. And I want to challenge us today, never underestimate the close relationship that you have with God in regards to making big decisions in your life. You see, so many times what we expect is we're going to have this great faith that we're going to be able to follow after God, but we have no real relationship with God. And if you want to have the faith to step out and believe and to obey, guess what? You need to continue to have a close relationship. It'd be like a stranger that would come up to me and that would say, hey, I want you to come follow me. I want to show you something really great. Come here, follow me. I'm not going to follow that stranger. I don't know who he is. He might be taking me out in the back, shoot me, and leave me for dead. Who knows what he's doing? But if, if George comes up to me, and George says, hey, Pastor Tom, I got something, something great to show you. Come on, come on. Come follow me. I'm going to follow George out of relationship. I know who George is. I can trust George. I believe he's going to show me something great. You see, in our life, if we don't have a relationship with Christ, and we think we're just going to all of a sudden start following him, no, no, no. What it requires is a relationship. And then when those big decisions of life that comes, when all of a sudden the word of the Lord comes down and hits you, if you have a relationship with Jesus, all of a sudden you go, oh yeah, I know, Lord, I'm going to follow you because I trust you. And you start walking with Jesus. You start walking with Jesus. Our faith has to take the similar action to what Noah's did. We have to choose to walk out our faith on the basis of Jesus' words. This is why the author of Hebrews wrote chapter 11. The author was giving examples of great faith to his his readers. Let me give you just a brief synopsis 
of Hebrews, the first 10 chapters. Hang on for a second, because I'm just skipping all over this place here. Noah's faith led him in obedience. Noah's faith was in God. Noah's faith never went dormant, but immediately turned into action. He acted upon God's word. It doesn't mean that Noah never had doubts. I want to talk about that for just a moment. Faith doesn't mean that you never have doubts. That you just have this assurance. You know, there's times where I'm sure that Noah put his head on the pillow if he had a pillow. I don't know what he had. But if he had a pillow, he put his head on the pillow. And he was wondering, this monstrosity of a boat that I'm building, will it actually even float? Isn't there times in your life when you're starting to, when you're falling in faith and there's times that you start thinking, is this really going to work? But see, that's when faith actually really is important, is to trust the word of the Lord at that point in our life. We don't know if Noah was actually ridiculed by others. The Bible doesn't actually state that. According to Evan Almighty, he was, Steve Carell. But some of you understood what I just said. But if there was any population around when Noah was building that boat, come on. He's taking decades to build a boat that is his monstrosity. People had to think he was a little crazy. Especially if they hadn't seen rain yet, they had to think he's a little crazy. But every day Noah had to choose to walk out his faith on the basis of God's word. And our faith has to take that similar action. Now, this is why the author of Hebrews, which I kind of think is the Apostle Paul, wrote Hebrews chapter 11, the Hall of Faith. The author was giving examples of great faith to his readers. I want to give a brief synopsis of Hebrews because I think it helps us in this whole story. The first 10 chapters of Hebrews is laying a foundation that Jesus Christ represents the new covenant, the new covenant of grace. The author is writing to a group of Jewish Christians who were contemplating to re- the return back to Judaism. See, these were Jewish people who accepted their faith and put their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, all of a sudden, guess what? It's getting tough. All of a sudden, their faith is starting to get a little tougher, and they're starting to think about going, returning back to the old law of Judaism in their life. And the author is admonishing them. He's saying, don't go back there. Keep your faith in Jesus Christ, who represents this new covenant of grace. And listen to verses 35 and 36 of chapter 10. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now. That's a word for some of you right now. For maybe you that who are watching online and you're struggling, that's a word for you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. This is a great reminder for all of us that there will be times in your life that you will be questioned or that you'll be ridiculed for your faith. You might be made fun of. You might be laughed at. You might believe, why are you following down that road? Why are you even attending that church? Why are you doing, don't you know all that stuff is not real? And all of a sudden your faith is challenged, just like Noah's faith had to be challenged at that point. And you have to have a confident trust in your Savior. It's in those times that you decide where you put your faith. It's the long game of following Jesus. God gave Noah a plan. You can read it in Genesis 6 through 9. He gave him a plan. It was a plan of rescuing him from the evil. 
It was a plan of rescuing him from the waters that was going to flood the earth. Jesus has given you and me a plan. Jesus has given us a plan of redemption, a plan of salvation to rescue us from the judgment of sin. He died on the cross for you and for me. He laid out his plan very clearly. All it does now is we have to have the faith to to follow that plan that Jesus laid out for us. Another great truth to remember, third thing, by faith Noah saved his household. Noah didn't just save himself, he, insa- he saved his entire family. He led his family to safety. Sometimes we forget the important roles that God gives us, especially fathers and mothers. Man, God gives us such a great role. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it states, By faith Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. The ark represented a place of safety that Noah built to protect his family from, from, the, from the judgment of God upon sin, but also from the waters. As parents... Especially, I'm going to speak to fathers today because last week was Father's Day. As, as fathers in the house today, you have a role to build a place of safety for your home. A place where the righteousness of God is not only taught, but it is caught. Amen. That the righteousness of God is not only taught in your home, but that it is actually caught. That your children see the righteousness within you. And sometimes righteousness is not being perfect. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not being perfect. It's actually being humbled. It's being willing to fall to your knees at some point in your life. And that your kids can see that there's a humility in your life. That, you know what, I can't do this in my own strength. i got to depend on Jesus. i got to depend on the power of his Holy Spirit to lead me and to guide me. Because there's going to be a time when you're dead and gone. And you need to have your kids' faith anchored in Jesus Christ and not in you or in anything else because if they really want to follow after God, if they really want the answers in their life, they're going to have to find it through Jesus Christ. And you're the one that's going to throw that anchor for their life. you got to build that place of safety. Safety is founded upon God's word. It's the plan of salvation that God has given to us. As the world keeps, seems like it's just falling apart around us, I believe it's a sign that, guess what? We have lacked a godly leadership within our homes. I think as a country, we just need to repent of that. We need to repent that we have chosen to follow the values of this world instead of choosing to follow God's wonderful love. Hatred and anger I see in our world today is disguised as false love, and it's being embraced. It's not really love. Listen to the warning that Jesus gives his followers in Matthew chapter 24, verses 11 through 12. He says, sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love, of many, money, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The long game. The ones who can endure till the end. It's not saying hateful things or posting hateful things. Man, I've, I have chosen to stop being on social media so much. I have chosen to stop watching news. I just... I, I'm not doing it because I'm trying to, you know, hide myself away from the world. I'm doing it to protect my mind. Because, man, my mind can just get overwhelmed with all the negative, with all everything. I don't care what you watch, CNN, Fox News, whatever, NBC, ABC, CBS, MSC, whatever you want to watch. Stop. Because all of a sudden it just becomes so much negative onto you. I'm not saying that you should be informed. 
I'm just saying you can't take in the amount of negative all the time in your life. you got to spend at least as much time in God's Word and in prayer as you are in the news. Or more. You need to probably do two to three times more in God's Word and prayer than you are in watching the news. Otherwise, it's going to overwhelm you. It's going to just, you're going to fail. I'm just telling you something. I, I decided the other day, Annette and I took off for a couple days. I just celebrated birthday. Happy birthday to me. My beautiful wife took me out for a golf game. Come on, somebody. Come on. And, yeah, I got a good one. And she took me out going golfing, and so we had a blast. And, and uh, I just started thinking as we were traveling and stuff, and I started going back through some of my social media posts. I decided, and I challenge all of you guys to do this, men and women. Go through back some of your posts and some of the things that you said and, and look at it and see if it aligns with the righteousness of God. Because I just thought, man, I need to challenge myself. I need, Pastor Tom needs to be, am I, am I standing up for righteousness? Am I doing the right things? Were my thoughts and my words, were they kind? Were they excellent? Were they uplifting? Were they praiseworthy? You see, we need to hold ourselves accountable for our actions. And at times in our lives, we need to do a self-check. Do my actions align with the word of God? If not, catch this, if not, I'm walking in self-righteousness. Going somewhere. At that point, I'm not leading my family. I'm not leading, I'm not leading this church. I'm not. At this moment, I'm going to, I said this last night. I was debating what I'm saying today, but I'm going to say it. At this moment, if it's in your mind, yeah, Pastor Tom, you really need to watch what you're posting because I've been watching some of the stuff that you've been posting. You just need to be watching it. Can I encourage you? Don't do that. Don't do that. Stop. Why? I want to share something which is true. And it, this is not just me speaking out. It's really me speaking in my heart because it's voice so easy for me right now online just to go, whoo, and I just have to, that's why I had to back away. But here's the thing. Self-righteousness never looks inward. Self-righteousness always looks outward. That's why Jesus just struggled with the Pharisees because all they were doing is looking outward and they were never looking inward. He was trying to change inside of them. It's not what it's not what's outside the defiles are. It's what you put, what you put inside. You got to look inside your heart. And that starts to change your life. You don't need to worry about Pastor Tom. I don't honestly, as a pastor, I do get concerned for all of my, my congregation. But bottom line, the only one that can change you is you. It's the Spirit of God working in you that will change you. Pastor Tom will never change you. I can model something, I can walk, and other people have modeled with me and walked me through things, and we can do that together. But ultimately, it's taking an inside look into our lives and allowing the Spirit of God to change us. It's time for us to do some self-reflecting in our lives. Let's be the church and let's follow Jesus because this is a time that the church needs to be alive better and ever than ever before in our lives. The final thought I want to share with you is kind of an interesting statement that's found in this last sentence of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. It says, by faith Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Yeah. By faith Noah condemned unrighteousness and attained righteousness. 
this is really interesting thought that we need to embrace, especially as followers of Jesus. The scripture is stating that all those who were living unrighteously were being condemned by Noah's faith. What does that mean? What is, what is the word of God saying here? Think about it. Noah's faith in God turned to obedience and to action. Catch this thought. The building of the ark was not only a sign of Noah's faith, but it was a sign of God's coming judgment. You see, the ark represented a place of safety for Noah and his family. But for all those who did not believe in God, it represented a time of judgment that was soon coming. Noah's faith in God proved that it was possible for everyone to believe in God. Noah's faith saved him and his entire family, but exposed the unbelief of those who perished. In 2 Peter 2.5, Peter calls Noah a preacher of righteousness, meaning that Noah's faith and actions were warning the world of God's coming judgment. Guess what? When you walk with Christ, when you love Jesus, when you continue to do righteousness because Jesus has called you that, guess what? For those who are choosing not to do that, it's actually putting judgment upon them. We're not trying to do that. It just naturally happens because guess Guess what? You are able to follow after Jesus. It's the same thing that's happening from the Noah's days, the same thing that's happening today. Our faith in God proves that faith in Jesus is possible. And it naturally brings condemnation on those who choose not to believe. Jesus is both our Savior and our judge. Just like the ark was saving Noah's family and it was also the judgment upon the people, guess what? Jesus is our Savior and he will be the judge of those who choose not to put their faith in him. Now catch this. This is really important to catch because this is a really negative message right now. And I want to throw something in here because when I was reading this, man, I felt like the Lord just gave me something to share with our church today. Because we know that according to 1 Timothy 2.4, that guess what? God desires that none should perish. God desires that all would have eternal life. That's his heart. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus shares these words to us. He says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. That would be silly, wouldn't it? To light a lamp and then put it under and not let the light be shine. Be silly. Instead, a lamp is placed on the stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. We might never look at it this way. But I want to share something. That ark was a light. It was a big light. It was 500 feet long, 50 feet high. It was an ark that represented that God's judgment was coming unless you chose to believe in God and chose to turn from unrighteousness and turn towards righteousness. It was a huge light Noah was building. Many people rejected that. In fact, everyone rejected it besides Noah and his family. They were the only ones rescued in that. Guess what? We as a church, we have lost people that might not know any better that are losing their way. And we as a church are supposed to be an ark. An ark that's huge, that's big, that's a light to the world. That's saying, hey, guess what? We have God's love and it's so great that Jesus died for you. He has set you free from unrighteousness. You can walk in faith with Jesus Christ and live under his grace. You don't have to walk in this life alone. You don't have to try to fight this life alone. You can do it with Jesus Christ. And we are to be a light unto this world. To call people out of darkness. 
Our actions should give people the greatest opportunity to see the truth and recognize the truth because God doesn't want anyone to perish. That's the important piece of this message of Noah's deal. It's a representation that we as a church, I believe, represent an ark that rescues people from their sins. It's Jesus that has it, that does it. The long game is not just for ourselves. It is to bring as many people on the journey as possible. And I want to challenge all of us today. Let's be a light in our community as a church that rescues people. We can do that as a church. Let's be the happiest people on earth. Let's have the greatest smiles. What is wrong with you? Guess what? I go to this church, it kind of looks like an ark. We don't, that's okay. Maybe we'll remodel the outside, make it look like an ark. You know, no, we won't. Trust me on that. But it, it, remind, it should remind us, though, that Jesus can either be a place of safety as your Savior, or he'll be your judge. And we can never get away from the truth of that. We need to reveal that truth to all in a very loving and kind way. We need to model it. They don't, we can't just teach it. They have, to, they have to catch it. You know what I'm saying? Not, not just taught, but caught. And if we do that, we can make a difference in the world today. The long game of faith. That's what we're called to do. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that your word does not return void. It is powerful. It is effective. It changes the hearts and the lives of people. Today, as we gather together in fellowship with one another and we worship you, We've read your word. I've taught upon your word. But God, those are meaningless things unless your spirit, Lord God, just ignites a flame in our life. Lord God, for those who maybe are watching online, I pray, God, that you would ignite that flame in their life as well. I pray, God, that you would give us the faith that Noah had. The same kind of faith to believe your word when it is spoken. To put our trust not in the things of this world, not in the belief systems of this world, but Lord God, we put our trust in your word. It's our map into our life, Lord God. It guides us, it directs us, Lord God. You, you haven't left us alone, Lord God. You've given us an ability, Lord God, to walk out in faith. And I pray, God, that you would give us that strength today. If you're here today in the congregation or maybe you're watching online, and you've never taken that first step of faith, man, I encourage you today to do so. It's just so easy. God didn't make it difficult. All he says that we have to do is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. All you have to do is to believe and put that belief into action and choose to follow after Jesus. And I wanna say a prayer today. And if that's in your heart, I wanna encourage you to say this prayer. I, I, I try to make this an opportunity each and every week because this is the most important thing that we do as a church. And if you're bored during this time, check your heart. You shouldn't be bored. This is when people come to Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and your heart's pounding, because I remember that pounding before, it's the Holy Spirit just tugging on your life. And I want you to say this prayer and congregation say it with me today. Say it and mean it. Believe it in faith. Lord Jesus, I choose to follow you. Forgive me of my sins. Set me free from my past. Give me the power of your Holy Spirit. 
Help me to do what is right. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, God is so good. Amen. All the time, he is good. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.